Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rennies 2022 here on Nerdy for 30. We've been having a ball. You know, we just went through six categories talking about a lot of the movies that we watched in 2022. Some of them great, some of them bad. Very excited for the other six categories that we have for you here. We saved the best six categories for the second half episode. And this all culminates in the highest award that we can possibly give out. It is the Biggest Thief Award, a.k.a. the Ryan Reynolds Award for Excellence in Film. Tim, anything you want to say before we launch into the second half? I mean, it's it's the biggest night in showbiz, uh, the biggest award there is to give. And uh, I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm still hyped up from the last part. Let's keep let's keep it going, Kevin. I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's keep it rolling with something that other people would settle for as the best award of all time. Best picture. <laughs> best award of all time, I guess, is uh, what I consider an Oscar. I don't know what that says about me, but. I don't think a lot of people would disagree. Best picture I nominees. I choose the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, you're like in a moral high road now. <laughs> but do you think an Oscar is like the greatest achievement? What about a what about a Purple Heart? I, look, I can't combat this. I walked right into it. I stated I'm not going to backpedal on my position. Oscar's the best. It's the top. Oscar's, jeez. I mean, this can put things in perspective. You know, this isn't this isn't life and death. You know, it's real world's look, out there. I would argue that the way people are compensated agrees with me. I think people <laughs> that win Oscars make a hell of a lot more money than people that win Purple Hearts. Also, I should not say win Purple Hearts. <laughs> no, they win them. <laughs> they left they left it all in the field. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, well, speaking of the military. <laughs> Nominee number one for me for best picture this year is a total no-brainer. Tim, I'll be shocked if you don't have this on your list as well. It is Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Yes. I think everybody out there listening has seen this movie. It's December. I'm still walking into conversations at parties and stuff and uh, catching the tail end of people talking about how much they love Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) It's on everybody's lips still this long after its release, uh, even when it's not on streaming. So Top Gun Maverick, number one. Number two, one of my favorite movies of all time immediately. I immediately fell in love with this one. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I nominated it for just about every category in the first half. And I nominated <laughs> it here because I knew Tim wouldn't. And I, I can't follow it. you there, but still, still. It's coming up, though. My third nominee may also be on your list, Tim. I'm curious to see if it is. It is RRR. Yes. Yes. Ooh, so we had two overlaps. I think, so I think we could have just ended this whole this whole category at Top Gun Maverick. I think it's like by far the best thing we saw here. We were the most hyped for it. I mean, it 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 underpromised and overdelivered. I mean, what a great fucking time at the movies. Like like Top Gun Maverick is why you buy a ticket, you go sit in a theater with a bunch of strangers, and you see it up on the big screen. You hear the sounds. You have a good time with your friends. You go out. You talk about it afterwards. It's just fun. It's just a good time at the movies, and there should be more movies like Top Gun Maverick. I think it's the clear best picture in this category. I do have some shout outs, Kevin. Uh, I had an honorable mention, The Menu. I just loved The Menu recently. I thought Mm. it was great. I I think it was really good. I think it was one of the better movies I've seen this year. I, of course, the other other nominee I had that I thought was interesting was Prey. I thought Prey was awesome. Completely caught me off guard. It's (laughs) easily the best Predator movie. Maybe the first one, if you're nostalgic for it, 
But this is like a legit good movie. It's a legit good action movie. And I took a franchise that's kind of like goofy and hokey and made it like a legit thing. I think you could show like any action movie fan this movie and they would enjoy it and they would have a great time watching it. Prey is phenomenal and we need to show it respect. We also we're on the same page about RRR. I don't know if if our audience is familiar. You might have just discovered this podcast because of RRR was our most by far our most downloaded, listened to, appreciated episode. It really it was our first real venture into international film, I guess, if you don't want to count everything everywhere all at once, which was like very big and like theatrical releases over here. Uh, I think it opened up a new world for us, uh, literally a whole new continent for us. and it's going to it's going to influence how we do the podcast going forward, I think, as a personal note and as a as a podcast, like as our personal growth, um, we got to got to show some love to RRR. It's it's phenomenal. It's so good. It's such a great time watching it. And we're going to be exploring more Indian movies, more international films on the podcast, I think, coming up. So, God, I mean, a lot of a lot of great stuff, Kevin. Tons of great stuff. No shame losing this category to Top Gun Maverick. It's it's definitely Top Gun Maverick, but I do want to give uh, I want to second what you said about Prey. It also underpromised, overdelivered, just like Top Gun Maverick, like he said. Incredible that like I thought nothing of that movie, and then heard it was good and checked it out. And I mean, look, I I don't have a very good opinion of the Predator franchise, based mainly on the Alien v Predator movies. And then check this one out; it's a <laughs> beautiful movie. Like I think it, it mostly is. stands alone. Similar thing with Top Gun Maverick, like you said, really that trailer didn't look like it was going to be anything insane. It was like, this looks like it's going to be a really well-polished movie, but had no idea it was going to be what it is. I do want to point out, though, that RRR, we had a different experience with. Uh, You know, you've brought me over to the no trailer side, like we just gave an award. RRR, I didn't watch a trailer for, but both of us had it on our radars because our friend Spencer Pazer was raving about it and saying that this is like one of the greatest movies he's ever seen. He's like, it has everything. This movie is so over the top. It's unbelievable. It's phenomenal. It's going to blow you away. That's a lot of hype that we came into that movie with and it lived up to it. RRR is a phenomenal movie. You know, and props to Spencer. He was also not the only person I was hearing this from either. You know, this was like out there. This was like online when we were covering it. I had friends reaching out to me. You know, my buddy Sam hit me up. Other people just like, yo, let like this is awesome. This is so good. I'm glad you're doing this. Uh, and the reception to us covering it was like kind of crazy. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I've necessarily put my finger on exactly why, other than that, this is like just a phenomenal. This is like a whole it's a whole other genre of film that we're just I don't know. I'm just excited to be a part of. I just I love it. I got nothing but love with RRR. I think if Top Gun wasn't here, RRR would be the clear winner. But yeah, yeah, it is what it is. No shame. Gotta give it to Top Gun. Top Gun. We salute. Everyone go out and enlist. (laughs) Yeah, wherever you're listening to this, there's going to be a sign up booth uh, as soon as you leave your front door. Yeah. Somebody's down there waiting for you. We're going to have a link at the bottom of this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) That would be join the Air Force. That would be the wildest possible sponsor we could pick up. (laughs) Sponsored by the U.S. Air Force. (laughs) By Arby's. The first part's sponsored by Arby's. The second part is sponsored by the U.S. Air Force. Huge. Beautiful. Huge gift for us. 
So yeah. just did Best Picture. Now let's talk about some movies that fell just short. This award was created by Tim based on the fact that we had so many conversations this year about movies that were just a little bit too long and it impacted their quality. So this is the two longest award where we're trying to figure out the movie that is the two longest. And Tim, if I'm interpreting this correctly, this is basically like we're trying to find the movie that was the most impacted by its excess length, right? Yes, we talked about this on the podcast a lot. And if I can go into my nominees, oh, I took please. this a couple different couple different directions. Well, two different. There's only two ways to take this, right? I want to nominate the monsters just because the fact that it exists makes it too long. It is it, it's too long. It's too it's too long. They could they can't shorten that movie enough. They can't delete it. They'd have to kill everyone who was had any knowledge on the set of like any part of it. Like this needs to be burned and, and buried underground. It's it's an absolutely atrocious thing. I'll never listen to a Rob Zombie song again. The monsters was so so abysmal. Violent Night is starting to tap into the like. I really liked Violent Night a lot. I think it is. It's like two hours. If it's if it's like a hundred minutes, ninety minutes, it's like being played constantly. Every year, people are throwing on Violent Night. It's in the rotation. It's on FX. It's on TV. Like there's gonna be like an abridged version or whatever that we we see somewhere. But I just I feel like Violent Night is twenty minutes away from being an annual tradition for everybody. Maybe it already is, but like it should be so much more. My totally biggest. Agree. Two longest nominee is everything everywhere all at once. I think it is the difference between me loving this movie and being pretty indifferent towards it is about 20, 25 minutes. I think if it's 20 minutes shorter, I think I'm I think I'm enjoying it way more. It just it got repetitive, kept saying the same thing over and over again, kind of like I do when I talk about it. It's just like it's too long. It's like we get it. We get it. We get like I the whole time I was like, I understand. I understand what you're saying. What's the next thing? Nope. Nope. Okay. We're still talking about this. We're still we're still talking about this. Okay. Cool. Okay. You saw an episode of Rick and Morty and you made it a movie. That's great. That's cool. That's super fun. Wow. How creative. And it just got I just got beaten to death with everything everywhere all at once. It's so long that it takes away from everything that's great about the movie. And I think I would my entire tune and outlook at about everything everywhere all at once would be completely changed if they cut out 20 minutes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want to thank you for being candid about that minutes <laughs> after I listed as one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's trash. Uh, <laughs> there's 90 right. good minutes in there. There are 90 good minutes in that movie, Kevin. You're I think right. that movie is like, I think it's like two and a half hours. It's, it's long. My nominees for two longest are also Violent Night. I'm right there with you. 90 yeah. minutes, 100 minutes. This thing is lean. That's mm. it's fighting weight. It should really, man, there's it, there's easy cuts in it. That's what hurts. There really are. And I really, truly do believe that holds it back. Uh, another one is Moon Knight. Um, there wasn't enough. Was not enough to justify Moon Knight being that long. They went some really weird places. I maintain that if we can crowdfund two weeks for me to do a sabbatical from work, you know, make sure, <laughs> got to make sure I got health insurance in there still, but I'm going to need two solid weeks to work on this. I can deliver you a killer two hour Moon Knight movie based on what they put yes, together. Yes, 100%. 100%. Fucking great two hour movie in here. There was a movie. There was totally a movie. And then 
They just decided to like, I don't know. I don't know why they did the show. I think they just needed shows. I think they're figuring all this stuff out. They need a show. Moon Knight can be a show. We, I, I can see a world where it's episodic. They just didn't know how to write it. They're still figuring it out. She Hulk's the closest they've gotten to figuring out the TV formula. But you're right. Moon Knight has so much meat on it and it's so loose that it should be a movie. It could be a new it could be an amazing movie. Yeah. Moon Knight, they could they could take everything they shot. We could edit it into a way better two hour thing. I'm Easy. telling you, man, Easy. that's our first crowdfund. Uh, and my third nominee is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Wow. I got it. Wow. Look, you can't love it without admitting that it's too long. Oh, my God. I was having such a blast in that movie theater. Absolutely like laughing, crying, everything. Yeah. And then when the title card came up for part two, I was like, oh, uh, no. It's a little, it <laughs> happened so late in the movie that I was like, oh, we got to do that much time again. And I know the second half is shorter, but still, it's like, I don't think we necessarily need to wrap up every single universe. Like, we don't need to see the finale on every one of these pieces. We get it. So. They also had time to show us all. (laughs) They also had time to show us how everything wraps up. You don't need to cut to Raccoon Tui eight times. You cut three and we get it. We understand it. We don't need to live in the world of people sucking on hot dog fingers. You know, Mm -hmm. you can show us a couple scenes. It's. It's easy enough to do. You know, you just get some taste in. I mean, there you could easily. You're right. It is two and a half hour. I was I was generous saying 20 minutes. You could cut a solid half hour. You got 40 minutes off that thing and be incredible. I mean, my God, I and just for this, I know, I know maybe we beat it over the head. We had people reaching out about RRR and being like, is RRR too long? Because I definitely was like, you got to mm. watch this. There is an intermission in RRR. Yeah, they know it's long. It's three hours. Three hours is a lot. Yes. Anyone saying it's not is crazy. And the fact that you can easily break RRR up into two like 90 minute nights and have a great time, I think it's an appealing thing. I think it's awesome. That makes it way easier to watch at home. If something doesn't begin with Avengers and end with Endgame, I have a hard time watching it for more than you're not going to get three hours out of it. You're just not. (laughs) I I, can't. It's going to take multiple days, going to be multiple sittings. It's going to be on in the background. You can't commit to that much time at home. You just can't. It's a lot. I would love to watch everything everywhere all at once, but it's too too long. I think we got a winner here. Yeah, it's uh, it's everything everywhere all at once, and it's a compliment. It's an it insult is. and a compliment. It's really yeah, but I mean that's one of those things. It's like we talked about this in the RR episode. There's nothing I would cut from that movie. I RR, there's not there's a single thing to I would cut, cut from, from RRR. RRR. Mm. Not Clean. a goddamn thing. That is a lean movie. <laughs> that is a lean three it's hours. Only in three hours. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Wow. All right. Next up, this is one of our favorite categories from last year. We had to bring it back for this year. It is best sound. And no, we're not talking about sound design. We're talking about the literal best sound that we heard in any of the movies and TV shows that we covered this year. Tim, do you want to kick it off with your nominees? Sure, 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 sure. My nominees are the goats from Thor, which made like the most god awful sound I've ever heard in my life. I honestly thought it was funny uh, when they ran to the planet. That was another great sound, but it was just one of the most iconic sounds of the year. (laughs) (laughs) My next nominee was the Coda parents fucking. Uh, That one I have. (laughs) You can open any door just to do what's good for you, inspire you. What's that? 
Uh, is that your mom? Is it over? I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the zoom it's hard to tell over the zoom um um that sound effect of the parents fucking is such a real human moment in that movie yeah. and it's so funny and it's so unexpected and it like it really does paint a picture of her life and it's just it's a really it's a funny scene but also it's like such a unique problem and such a real depiction of like how awkward it would feel to be in that moment. And then they sit down and have the conversation on the couch afterwards. And uh, what a great moment. It is great movie. Those are my best sound nominees. Now, a slight breach of etiquette for this, but I, I have two that I just have. We, we have to mention from the Gardens of the Galaxy Christmas special. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I've been I've listened to it a lot. I love that song. I'm going to keep listening to that song. I'm shocked that it's like an original. So they just came up with an original Christmas song and it's a banger. It's so good. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so cool. They had the good sense to not fall for the trap that most people do in these situations too, where there are like specifics to the entertainment property in the song. They don't do any of that. It's so generic that if you tell someone that this is not related to Marvel or Guardians at all, it's just a Christmas song written by an alien that doesn't know what Christmas is. Universal concept. Everybody's on board. We get it. It is because because during the show, you got Chris, Chris Pat commenting on it and like making jokes and there's like visual gags and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you listen to it on Spotify, it sounds like I don't know. Wasn't there some song didn't like blink or somebody do like I want an alien for Christmas or like it, it like grandma got run over by a reindeer. It's just another like weird song about Christmas from a different perspective. And it's a and it's a banger. That hook is great. That's an earworm for sure. I also just wanted to shout out. I think we have to running up the hill from Stranger Things. Yeah. Iconic. It was kind of the song of the year. It kind of defined that uh, Stranger. I mean, it's the song of Stranger Things now. And it's Stranger Things, one of the biggest franchises. We're both big fans. That scene is amazing when she's like trying to run out of there. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's such a good, such a banger. They used it so well. God, those are my nominees for best sound. Kevin, you got any? Yeah, I got a couple on here. First nominee is going to be the Rakakuni song from Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> Again, I do think they did too much Rakakuni. We came back to it way too many times, but the fact that they actually got Randy Newman for it, there is this kind of, it's really funny to me that it's like still a running joke that Randy Newman does a song for every Pixar movie, because I don't think he's done one since A Bug's Life. But the idea that he is inseparable from these Pixar properties is it's so <laughs> funny to me. Uh, can't have the song in here, unfortunately, because it would immediately get pulled from every platform. But these next ones we can't have on. My next nominee is Jensen Ackles' voice as Soldier Boy. I even sorted gunpowder for you. Why am I supposed to be impressed with that? It's like killing Emmanuel Lewis. (laughs) Hands off the fucking shield. He does the Chris Evans Captain America voice flawlessly. It's amazing. Coming in playing such a clear analog to Captain America, it's so cool that he also chose to do it directly based on the way that Chris Evans does the voice. There are a few things that I didn't end up putting in, like other clips that I didn't use, where it's him from a propaganda film. And I mean, he's doing the exact same voice that Chris Evans does when he turns it up a little bit when he's playing an obnoxious character, but he's so locked into Chris Evans that he's even doing Chris Evans' bit voices. (laughs) <laughs> my jaw was on the floor for that part everything they did with soldier boy was phenomenal 
I loved Soldier Boy. I love his his tone in that is so good. I I feel like it's like Chris Evans through a filter. It is through like this gritty old filter. It is like if you took Chris, this is like an alternate world Chris Evans. Like if you yeah. took him and he just did way more drugs, had way more sex and lived a harder life, you would end up with this guy and it would be exactly the same voice. It, it, that's a really good one. That's a great nominee. You get clips like the end of that one that I played was like hands out the fucking shield. Yeah. And then uh, my third nominee is one that I really enjoyed in the moment. It's the dap up from Nope. Made myself. No electricity. God damn. Didn't I tell you this motherfucker was going to come up here with a non-electrical camera? Let's go, boy! Yeah! It was so much fun. It's like it comes kind of fucking out of nowhere for Daniel Kaluuya's character because he's been so reserved for the entire movie leading up to it. But it points to this sibling relationship between them that like really plays. Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya are both so 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 good in that movie and that scene is like such a such a wonderful little moment for them i that might be my favorite now that you mentioned it i think i i love it because that it was so cool honestly i didn't love nope but i loved that moment (laughs) i thought it was so good we didn't mention either of them for best actor uh which i think we just had we had a competitive field that's fine the they're both awesome their acting is great their chemistry is so good and it's all embodied in this moment of like it's like that clap is like a rare release for Daniel Kaluuya. It's like him showing emotion and like showing how invested he is. Kiki Palmer, like pumping him up. It's like a real connection. It's that's a great sound. There's like a story behind it. It's like it's like a beautiful moment. It's exciting. It's just a cool thing that I wish I could do with my friends. I love it. I think that that might be it for me. You want to lock it in? Let's lock it in. All right. The best sound of 2022 is the dap from Nope. <laughs> Man, love that one. All right, yeah. next up, we got another listener category. This is our last listener category of the uh, of the Rennies this year. This one was submitted by Corey Frame, and it's called the Fuck You No Way Award. <laughs> it's a he great one. He did not elaborate on this. I instantly understood what he meant. There are so many times when you're watching a movie and something happens and you just go, fuck you, no way. <laughs> I've never heard anybody <laughs> acknowledge it with like, an award or something like that or like a segment of the show we might need to add this as a like segment on the show i really love it my three nominees for the fuck you no way award this year are also from nope pulling off that perfect camera shot from the well oh okay you're gonna tell me this thing that's really good this this could also be the uh, you're going to tell me award because it's like you're going to tell me that this alien <laughs> is going to float directly over the top of where this wishing well takes a photo. Yeah. Fuck you. No way. Next up is pulling the house down in Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> There's a scene at the end of Lethal Weapon 2 where Mel Gibson just wraps a chain around a support post for it inexpensive mansion and hooks up to the yeah. back of his shitty ass truck and manages to pull down the entire mansion in an incredible allegory for uh like class disputes so that one was a definite no way and then uh i also have the fence scene again from rrr i cannot stress you if you haven't seen rrr raju is up against a thousand guys (laughs) there are so many people the one person disappears into a sea of people that are trying to protect him he vaults over that fence and he fucking gets his man. I loved it, but it was definitely like a no fucking way. 
That was that's an excited variation on it. It was like a no fucking way. Tim, what did you have? Yeah, that's really good. I think. Now, now that we're talking about this, I'm reflecting on, on my choices and I feel like the last one for RRR, there's so many moments where I was like, fuck, yeah. But I feel like fuck, you no way is kind of like what like this, like almost it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And for some reason, all the like fuck you moments in RRR were like. Fuck yeah. It wasn't fuck oh, you. It was sure. like, fuck yes. He's going to do it. For, which is one of the amazing things about that movie is like these absurd things happen that in another movie I would be like, fuck you. <laughs> but in that movie, somehow it all worked. It all works in that. So I think that's interesting. Another one where I'm like, didn't really happen in the movie, but Shri becoming Black Panther was just a general. That's probably too negative an interpretation of fuck you. No way. That's like a nominee. Uh, also from Nope. When the guy filming decided to like commit suicide by monster with like <laughs> with like the only film they had, I was like, fuck you. No way. Like, why even what the fuck? Like, what? A, why? Why is this happening? This makes no sense. Guys are going to kill themselves with their art metaphor or whatever. It was just I was just annoyed. I was annoyed by that. I didn't I didn't love it. Hawkman fighting Black Adam oh, and Hawkman. Yeah being able to hold his own against Black Adam and they're like punching each other and he's like beating up Black Adam. Fuck you. No way. Hawkman, man. I like this. This is a new thing. This is my new catchphrase. (laughs) Fuck you. No way does Hawkman stand up the smallest chance against Black Adam. They are not in the same league. Black Adam is like a Superman class threat and Hawkman should be like cleaning Superman's boots somewhere. I do love <laughs> I do love Hawkman. I love Hawkman. But like how Aldous strong Hodge is he? Was so Can good he... as Hawkman too. Also he was so good. Oh, he was so good. so good, but it doesn't make any sense that he's a threat. They no. couldn't come up with like another there couldn't be another character who like is a physical threat that they could have used Captain him and Hawkman or like tag teaming him up. Well, could Captain Adam like hold his own have a fight? Like do anything? I don't know. It it was just it was just a bummer. I get it. They need someone who can go toe to toe to Black Adam. And he's the only person they pre- they give us in the movie. But it, it doesn't make any sense. If you know anything about comic books, that makes no sense at all. My my final fuck, you know, way is in Coda. Oscar winning Coda, where this girl is giving her final presentation, her final audition. She's singing. Her family's there and she starts signing. Like this is the first time anyone thought that this girl should be signing while she's doing a song. Like this is her shot. She has like an outside chance to get into a very prestigious school. You know what happens whenever you're filling out a nomin like a like a an application for anything? You know what they ask you? Hey, what's unique? What's unique about you? What's new unique about your situation? What did you figure out? Like what is there anything that helps you stand out from the crowd? You know what else? The whole fucking plot of the movie that this girl is a singer from a family of deaf people. They don't even understand her. They can't communicate with her. She knows sign language. How is this the first fucking time they're even it's even occurring to anyone for her to sign in her audition? It's so stupid. It makes it makes sense in the show. It makes sense in the movie. But it's it's a plot point in something that doesn't make it's not it's it's only there because this is a movie and it's a script. Otherwise, the first thing that teacher says is, oh, your whole family's deaf. What have you signed? What if you like had a connection with them? It's just it's forced. It's stupid. I hate it. Fuck you. No way that's happening in real life. So your argument is just that there's no way that she's figuring this out in the room at the moment. She would have been rehearsing for like weeks with this. 
Oh, that would have been rehearsed. Oh, she would have talked oh, yeah. to her. The teacher would have talked to her about that. The teacher probably would have pimped her into it. Oh, the, the teacher. Went, well, in real life, the teacher pimps her into it instantly. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, it would make you cool. It would make you stand out. The fact that she starts signing and that's and like all the teachers are like sitting up like, whoa, this is beautiful. And like, wow, this is a beautiful like they're all they all want. It's just it's just it was so fake. It was just so fake and not genuine. And it was honestly a beautiful moment. But I was I was pissed. It was my main problem with Coda, which is like this is just a series of beautiful moments held together with string. It's it's a terrible movie filled with beautiful moments. And it pisses oh my me off. God. Code is great. Bad movie. Great moments. I don't I don't think it's a good movie. It's the most generic, boring movie you've ever seen in your life with absolutely beautiful, stunning moments in it. <laughs> and the rest of it's terrible. I mean, it's it's very confusing. I understand why it got an Oscar, but it's it's not a good movie. It doesn't deserve it. People fell for it. You know, people. Wow. I think people just saw people saw these beautiful moments and they were like, well, this movie must be good because I left feeling a certain way. It made you feel things. But like the story's bad. The writing doesn't make any sense. Like nothing in it really tracks. The thing is so generic. I mean, you can listen to our code of pot. I'm pretty sure I talked about all this stuff. It's a boring ass <laughs> movie where a girl where a teacher tries to get the most out of this girl who just has too much going on. I mean, it's a story we've all seen a million times. Uh, it's OK. I don't know. Fuck you. No way. Kevin, you got any strong feelings about this one? I feel like your point on Hawkman is the one that stood mm-hmm. out to me the most while watching it because the first time they like exchange blows and Hawkman wasn't part of the wall. Like he wasn't like a mess on the wall. First time mm-hmm. that happened, I was like, oh, wait, what? So we've changed the Hawkman character. So just for the nerd in me, we got to go with that one, right? If Hawkman is an entity that can stand toe-to-toe with Black Adam, why isn't he as big a threat as Black Adam? Why aren't they talking about controlling Hawkman? Is it just because he's in line and he'll, like, do whatever? Like, why are they so worried about an entity that Hawkman can just take on his own? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's bad. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe that's no it. No sense at all. I think it's that. Hawkman I think- fighting Black Adam toe-to-toe? Fuck you. No way. I love this category. I do, too. You know, another category I love is the next one we're going into. This is the BDE Award for Biggest Dick Energy. This was a very fun category last year. We ended up giving this one last year to Florence Pugh for her appearances as Yelena Belova in uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. I think we have some people with some similar BDE this year. Uh, My nominees are, number one, Paddington. Uh, yes yeah yeah i again i'd be shocked paddington isn't on your list as well this bear changes every place that he goes for the better if anybody tries to step to him he hits him with that hard stare that's all it takes (laughs) it's paddington's world we're just living in it he is the spin zone it's amazing uh so paddington for sure number two zombie strange from the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That mm. was a moment that to me fully locked in who Doctor Strange is as a character. Where we really truly believe that this guy, he stands apart from all the other magic users in the universe. Because of how fucking smart he is. And because of how crafty he is. And the fact that his flex as a sorcerer is that you can trap him in another universe. And he will find a way 
to manifest a dead body of himself from your universe and he will still beat you. It's incredible. Yeah, I think that's a really great point about Doctor Strange's like brain and creativity solving all of these problems. You see it in that. You see it in like his spellcasting in general, right? Like mm-hmm. Wong is the new Sorcerer Supreme. What does Wong do with all of his spells? He makes weapons. Like Wong just makes weapons. Doctor Strange like makes a portal that opens up a, a giant monster who comes out and like eats something, you know? Like he just he's casting weird spells. He's creative. He's like having fun with it. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, like one of the good Green Lanterns or whatever, you know, like Jon Stewart was like a military guy. So he's doing all this military stuff. And then like, gosh, he was the one who was just like an architect or whatever. Oh, Kyle Rayner. Kyle Kyle Rayner is just like an artist. He was a comic book artist. Yeah. So he's just like making all these fantastical things. It feels like that. Like Doctor Strange is like the Kyle Rayner of like that universe. I think that's a great nomination. I love that. My final nom. Again, I will be stunned if you don't have him on yours as well. Maverick and Top Gun. Huh. I guess that fits. Yeah, I didn't. I, that didn't even occur to me. I didn't have that really? thought at all. Yeah, I don't know if it's like maybe it is. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it. Maybe it is. Gosh, I'm like flum. I'm like flummoxed with that. Like, I don't know how to process that. Is that BDE? Do we think Tom Cruise has a huge schlong? Do you think he I don't think Tom Cruise does. I think Maverick does. But maybe I think like I think Tom Cruise has like tenacious dick energy. He's got like feisty dick energy. Yeah, he's like he's like a little too eager to prove himself, you know. Also, his dick can't be that big because you saw the way he got on the chair at the beginning where he swings his his leg over the back like guys aren't doing that all the time. They'd be wrecking themselves. I think he is like he's like chomping at the bit, though. He's like ready to go. He like has to get in that plane. He's ignoring rules. You know, and out the alpha sleep, you know, he's like out there trying to prove himself. So I, wow. I, I see where you're coming from that. I have to I have to process that. Oh, wow. I have to process okay. that. That's like really that's like really. Gosh, because I had Paddington on my list, too. I think Paddington's awesome. And mm. but Paddington has like nothing to prove. He just like wants this jam. He's going to like make this jam. He's in prison. He doesn't care. He's not scared of any of these guys. He just lives his life. He, he messes up sometimes. He falls in a bowl of stuff. He falls off of something, doesn't phase him. He gets up. <laughs> He's just like he's just like living his best life. Yeah, he's making friends everywhere. He's changing the world. And he just like he just he just has so much confidence. He has so much confidence. And I wish I could be Paddington. I mean, he's my he's my biggest nominee for this. I mentioned earlier, Prey, Amber Midthunder, the lead in Prey, I think is rocking the BDE. She is like calm, cool, collective. She like barely talks in this movie. She is like bringing the heat the whole time. She is like in her head. She is confident. People aren't giving her the time of day. I guess it's a similar thing where she is like trying to prove herself, but she is also just like so confident in herself that it is. I think it's very impressive. Some good BDE. Uh, My final nominee, Nathan Fielder. Does Nathan Fielder as a human being, as a performer have BDE? (laughs) Is there any chance? Does he qualify? Is he in that zone? He doesn't have like the aura, but he just has so much confidence and is so like low key the whole time. He's like so mellow, but also like put like pushing it. I don't know. I I was debating if he is. I wanted to have this talk. Does Nathan Fielder have BDE? It's time we had this talk. You know, at a certain (laughs) point, every father has to sit down with their son. (laughs) 
<laughs> Where do babies come from? Does Nathan Fielder have BDE? That's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen him really get thrown by something. Right. He's never thrown. He seems somehow like incredibly confident for a guy who was often surprised and thrown into weird situations and he's being vulnerable with himself. And you know what? Vulnerability is maybe the biggest sign of BDE. You know, it takes a real, a real confident human being mm. to be truly vulnerable and open up with things. And it, but is he vulnerable? Is it all an act? Maybe, maybe his BDE is all a carefully orchestrated performance pace that he's given us. Maybe, maybe the real trick of Nathan Fielder is that he's convinced us he has BDE when he really has none. I think, man, you know what? I think we got to give it to him because he's a real human being. Like what? These situations are these situations are real. Like everything that we're seeing, he has put himself in. Even if they're things that he orchestrated, he is going in the shark tank. He's not pawning this stuff on other people that much. It's like he's going to be there in the room. All the shit that he's ever gone through on Nathan for you that he has to try so hard to keep a straight face for. All the insane shit that Angela told him in the house. Um, he's got to be there and explain very matter-of-factly to this adult actor why he has to dress up like a five-year-old and get rocked in Nathan's lap. It's insane that he is wow. able to like manage this mentally. This is big. I can't believe it. I thought Paddington was a front-runner for sure. I mean, you're selling me on Nathan. I mean, I pitched it. I I'm shocked. We were talking about renaming this the Paddington Bear Award. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was a lock. Off mic. <laughs> thought he was a lock, but you know, I think you're right. I think it's Nathan Fielder. He's a real human being. He's a real person. What he does is over and beyond like what Paddington does. And you know what? We'll do Paddington one one time and we'll get Paddington another shot at it. Yeah. Uh I think it is. I think it's Nathan Fielder's to lose right now. Man. Wow. I'm ready to lock it in. Crazy. Let's lock it in. 2022, it's Nathan Fielder. Wow. I would never have guessed that's the way we would have gone on that. Me neither. I honestly, wow. I didn't really, I didn't believe it. That's crazy. Wow. Holy All cow. kinds of twists and turns at the Rennies this year. And you know what? The biggest twist of all is that we only have one category left for this year's wow. Rennies. It's the big one. Ladies and gentlemen, the biggest thief award, aka the Ryan Reynolds Award for Excellence in Film. <laughs> Is there a more shining example of a star in modern Hollywood? We don't think so. And so, in tonight's Rennie's Awards, named after Ryan Reynolds, we are trying to determine what person or thing in movies that we covered this year was the most worthy of the Ryan Reynolds name. My nominations are number one, the call signs in Top Gun. Ooh, good. Of all the things good. that we've covered this year, I think I've talked the most about the call signs. It was such a fun game all through the back half of the summer trying to come up with call signs for people. We've got a list of hundreds of them. It's just, it's the <laughs> coolest thing in the world. It stood out in a movie that stood out. My number two nomination, the song, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is wow. here. From Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Whoa. Special. Wow. My argument for that one is we're talking about a thief. That holiday special basically doesn't exist without that song. It's a fine holiday oh special. It is a God. spectacular song. <laughs> It is so this is unbelievably good. Crazy. 
And then my third nomination, and the one that I'm probably going to argue for the hardest, is yes. Raju and Beam's friendship and RRR. Oh. The chemistry between those two men, their friendship, everything that it perseveres, all the twists and turns that it takes, and yet still they come out together. I, I will be thinking about that for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. I had R- I just had RRR down. I love the idea of our biggest thief just being friendship. Though. I think that's powerful. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. I think you're right. Because that, that's if we're talking about RRR and we're trying to boil it down to what makes the whole thing run. It's the friendship between these two incredibly talented, charismatic guys. They have amazing chemistry. It's like not traditional buddy cop chemistry. It's like just like two friends with similar values who are similarly talented. Just like, you know, risking it all for each other. It's great. It moves the whole story. That's that movie on its own was like had the biggest impact on our podcast this year on Mm. our show. That's really, really good, Kevin. I also wanted to throw out Top Gun Maverick. Just in I don't think we can not mention Top Gun Maverick. Sure. Um, I have two more nominees. I think one of these is really going to get you. Next one, Alligator Lounge showing up in the rehearsal. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was wild. (laughs) Still, the moment I went back and I watched that first episode again, the moment where they go back into what should be the karaoke room and it's just a back lot is like one of the most jarring (laughs) things I've ever seen. It's so funny. And the fact that he brings it with him, and just like, just like, he, like he can't be too far away from the from the alligator. It's so funny. Um, which maybe makes me question: like, is is Nathan Fielder a, a, a contestant? Is the rehearsal a contestant? Is do we need to look at that? I mean, they've kind of dominated the cat some of the categories tonight. Uh, just throwing that out there as a thing. Mm. This is this is the one I think I might I might have an argument for pretty dismal movie one that i did not enjoy that much with an incredible high point i'm nominating namor from black panther this character is so good this is a character that we're both familiar with comic book fans love him know him they completely reinvented the character in a way that made it a million times better the character they came up in this marvel movie so much better than the character in the comic books. And I don't know. Have we been, I guess we've, we've been able to say that about some things, but guardians of the galaxy is the next closest thing I can think of. I was, I just love, I love Namor. No love so much in that way. It's an antithesis to RRR one, which is all about love and friendship. Whereas Namor is all about the lack of, I thought, I think that the invention of Namor is, was beautiful. I loved it. It was, it was crazy. I'm still thinking about it. God, I just I thought it was so good. I thought it was so absolutely phenomenal and exactly what I wish more artists would have like the courage to do, especially when it comes to like revitalizing these like old properties and seeing new Marvel characters. I think it was outstanding. It was so good. He was on my list as well before I whittled it down. It's no question one of the best Marvel reinventions of the character that we've had. I think we talked on the Wakanda Forever pod about how the next best one that I can think of is probably Shang-Chi and just the entire situation they came up with with like Shang-Chi and his mother and Wenwu and I mean the whole interplay there. That's true. Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Shang-Chi. These uh-huh. are no-name characters. Right. Nobody knows these guys. You can reinvent them all you want. Nobody gives a shit. Namor is like around. He's in the Illuminati. He's a part of all the major Marvel storylines recently. He's one of the original Marvel characters. Him, the Human Torch, and Captain America were fighting in World War II or one. I don't remember which one they showed up in, but they sure as hell finished them. (laughs) (laughs) These are like, this is like original IP. This is 1930s tech that they rebooted for the 21st century. What century are we in? The 21st? The 22nd? I don't know. How do centuries work? I'm not trying to derail this conversation. I'm just trying to say that they called their shot and they delivered in a movie that I feel like really missed in a lot of other ways. Namor just absolutely cried. We've never seen anything. We've never seen anything like it. There, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. We've never seen anything like it before. It's outrageous. It's insane. It's crazy, Kevin. You know, we've never seen anything like the bond between two men in Raju and Beam and RRR. Gosh. This is a movie that's a love story. There's an actual love story in the movie. I don't give a shit about it. I just want to see the love story between Raju and Beam. I was, the bar for me is like when I'm really having a good time, I'm shouting shit at the TV in my apartment. Things are happening in RRR that are just, you know, changing the status at any given point in time between these two guys and the arc that they go through. I don't want to give everything away for those who haven't seen it yet. And there were multiple moments where I was gasping aloud. I was going, no, like I, it was participatory. This thing had me, it had my entire heart, my entire soul. I'm going to fight real hard for Raju and Beam on this one. Their friendship. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that in another movie? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I kept comparing it to Lethal Weapon and it's just not the same dynamic. It's just not, Mm. it's not the same. There's. You're right. These because these guys are peers. That's the other thing. These guys are peers and they're from very similar worlds. It feels like, you know, there's not a fish out of water thing. Well, I guess one of them is kind of a little bit of a fish out of water, but it still feels like, yeah, they're just like the same age. They both they both have chicks they're into. They're both like, I don't know. They just seem seem very similar. But like. I think, I'm. you know, Namor is a highlight in in a low light film, I feel like, you know, so. I think RR makes sense, man. I'd be perfectly happy. And I think it represents our year and our podcast to say friendship, you know, the friendship in RRR wins the biggest thief, a.k.a. the Ryan Reynolds Award for filmmaking. The true friendship is you agreeing to compromise with me on this. I know that's true. We should win next year. (laughs) We should. I'm going to nominate us. God. And you know what? I feel like we all won this year. I definitely feel like we all won this year. What a fun year we've had. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast with us this year. You know, I wasn't going to say anything, but this was our 100th episode. Just worked out like that. This is nuts. Look at that. It's been a wonderful ride with you all. Should we recap the winners? Oh, yeah. Let's recap the winners real quick. Best actor went to the entire cast of the rehearsal. Horniest moment went to Allison meeting Corey in Halloween Inns. Best fight scene went to the fence fight from RRR. The Basil Exposition Award for telling, not showing went to the opening of The Gray Man. Best trailer, worst movie went to Black Adam. The Arby's Biggest Beef Award went to the entire show Kenobi. <laughs> Best picture was Top Gun Maverick. Two longest was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Best sound 
was the dap from Nope. Fuck you, no way, we gave to Hawkman fighting Black Adam in Black Adam. The BDE award went to Nathan Fielder, the person. And the Biggest Thief Award, a.k.a. the Ryan Reynolds Award for Excellence Film, a.k.a. The Rennie, went to Raju and Beam's Friendship in RRR. Thanks again for listening to this, everybody. We are going to be back here. We're taking a little break, but we'll be back on January 12th with some scorecasting to get you back into the uh, movies coming up for 2023. Yeah, Tim, any last words you want to say? I can't wait. It's been a hell of a year. I think we got another great year ahead of us. Dude, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to scorecasting. Looking forward to a little break. A little, yeah. little, you know, little, little relaxing, a little, little re- revitalizing, getting some more energy, getting ready to bring into the new year. My God, I hope everyone's having a great holiday, great end of the year. Hope New Year's is great for everyone. And I can't wait to see you all in 2023. That makes two of us. Everybody, have a great rest of your 2022. See you next year. And stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love it. Oh, wow. Yes. Friendship. <laughs>